I can't separate Tyler, the financial advisor from Tyler, the Catholic. They're the same person. Because of that, my firm is a representation of me. I could just say, welcome to Drexel Day Financial, a financial advisory firm. But being authentically Catholic is, no, there is a Catholic approach to everything that I do. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things in My Mom's. Favorite Christian financial advisor with nearly a decade in the financial industry, I've helped hundreds of investors declutter their personal finances by providing investment strategies that align with the Word of God. And if you stay tuned, we will teach you ways you can become a powerful tithing Christian and reduce the risk of outliving your money and serve your way into leadership. And today, we have another special guest that is going to teach us the power of being our true selves. By the end of this podcast, you have learned the benefits of being authentically yourself, how to find advisors who care about people over product, and how do we go into the deep, understanding how much easier it will be to answer God's call if your finances were aligned with your spiritual goals. Our next guest is the founder and owner of Drexel Day Financial, a man who started in the industry nearly a decade ago at Vanguard and was inspired by Jack Bogle's philosophy of even one man can make a difference. And this one man is definitely making a difference. He is a certified financial planner, an enrolled agent, a true Catholic, and a member of XY Planning Network and Catholic Financial Planning Network. My tithing titans and my gifting gals, I want to welcome to the show, Mr. Tyler Hackenberg. How you doing, Tyler? I'm doing very well. Yeah, happy to record today. We had a little bit of a take two, yes. which is definitely fun. It's always a good time to have a chat with you and this podcast brings. And um... <laughs> Well, as we say, everything happens on God's timing. Maybe there was a message there that God wanted others to hear, right? So just like Drexel Day, we were talking a little off camera here before we get into the episode. We were talking about Catherine Drexel and how I was at this ambassador meeting and her name came up and I was like, wow, I did not know that she actually built a holy rosary here in Lafayette, Louisiana, where I'm from. And that's very powerful. It was just a connection that I got. And thanks to you, I was able to recognize who she was. So maybe now our listeners can look around their town and see what impact she has made on this world. And we'll talk about her a little bit later, but it is great to have you on the show. This has been a couple of months in the making, by the way. But as we say, once again, everything happens on God's time. And actually, how we met is something special. So maybe we should start there. Let's tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what made you want to reach out to me after a group conference call. And, and just for a little bit of clarity, it was Michael Reynolds 
conference call, or it was office hours for that matter. Uh, he's the owner of Elevation Financial and also a podcast host of Wealth Redefined. So we want to make sure that we show some love and support for our fellow podcasters as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we were in the meeting. I'm at this point, I'm starting to realize that, okay, I'm doing this. I'm actually starting my own financial advisory firm and wanted to get in touch with other people that are in a similar process, similar mind frames, because he's really into social responsible investing and ESG investing, figured, hey, it's a great opportunity to meet with someone and just talk through it. And while I was there, I met you and it was just, I could see your authentic love for Christ and that we would have this kindred spirits. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to him, definitely connect with him on LinkedIn and started talking and as I started getting further into aligning my firm realized that okay this is definitely somebody that I want to see more of because you're doing awesome things and definitely uh, have a few things that I can learn from you and well uh, also I want the audience to truly understand what a great guy you are so the feelings are definitely mutual <laughs> because after our short chat I don't know if you remember this but you sent me an article from churchleaders.com titled how Christian entrepreneurs are going to change the world by Brandon Cox. And I'll make sure I leave a link in the description, but this article made a very good point and I wanna kinda of get your perspective on a few of the topics. And it reads that some people are called to lead the church in a vocational capacity, but all of us are called to expand God's kingdom together and all of us are ministers in the workplace. So we serve other people wherever we go, not just at church on Sunday. Um, and it actually goes into the four things we should do as leaders. And I want to get your perspective on it. So the first one was we need people who will live out a Christ like ethic in the marketplace. Can you tell me how you help others live out their Christ like ethics in the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I think is deeply lost nowadays is an over compartmentalization of our lives. So I have my work life, I have my personal life, I have my spiritual life, and but those are all three completely separate things, which it's not. Your body, soul, and really we need to bring that together. And as Christians and Catholics, hey, we that's who we are primarily. So our first identity is uh, Christian or Catholic, the secondary being for us talking financial advisors, but really any other occupation, like an occupational therapist, Catholic, Christian, occupational therapist is the sub vocation. Right, so, so let's go to the second point here. We need more people who will serve others in Jesus name in the marketplace. So how do you highlight your faith in your firm? So not just necessarily just Jesus, but in the Bible as a whole. Being Catholic, the one nice thing is that we do have the Conference of Bishops that released documents and just recently in, in November of 21, they updated their socially responsible guidelines for socially responsible investing. So I, I take what they say seriously, but also it's very church lingo. And so needing to, hey, let's bring the church lingo down to a personal level and how can we work within this framework, but also make it our own right discern how we're to use it so that's that's perfect because basically you're a translator <laughs> in, in some sense you're taking the jargon that's coming from the church 
translate it into something that's relatable and understandable so the general public can act upon it, right? And I think that is something that a lot of us are missing is the educational portion, which is directly related to your understanding. Is that, okay, if I don't know what to do, how can I do it? If that makes sense. So I love how you're you're making that transition from what's coming from the organization and making sure that Catholics can follow in the best possible way. That's that's awesome. So let's look at number three. We need people who will create wealth from the marketplace to support mission. So what is your mission and how are you supporting the marketplace with it? My mission is to help Catholics uh, go out into the deep. Hey, I want my clients to do well because if they, they don't do well, what am I really doing? But also realizing it's not just material wealth that is important, it's spiritual health as well. So using it as an opportunity to, again, as I mentioned before, bringing the faith and finances together. So it's not this and that, it's one thing. Again, it's cliche to say have financial peace, but at the end of the day, that's a great way to look at it. Have peace with your finances so that I have this wealth built up that I can actually do good. I can serve other people and not have to worry on the back end Whereas you could have all the wealth in the world, but what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? So that's really where I want to. I want to help people not necessarily do both, but live within how God's calling them to live. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And to go back to your thought about the jargon, if I told you, um, bonjour, comment ça va? Il n'y a pas beaucoup de personnes qui parlent français ici. Right? If I said something like that to you, right, which is just, hello, how are you doing? There's not a lot of people who speak French here, right? So if I said that to you, those words don't really have any meaning to you, right? You may have heard of hello, maybe you understand what, you know, what's going on is. And I say that with financial jargon as well, is that we don't know what financial peace really means. There's just words, almost like you said, they become cliche. So I love how you're trying to empower people to link what is coming from the organization to them and actually charging them up, charging those words up and find out what financial peace really means to them. And I think a lot of people don't do that. They, they hear words like financial freedom, financial peace. Like, what does that mean to you? You have to give those words meaning. The reason I know what those words mean is because when you're in France and someone tells them to you, <laughs> you have to know how to act and how to react. And I think that translates here into our financial guidance that we provide for our clients as well. We want to make sure that those words are charged. They understand what's going on. So let's go to number four. We need people to be creative thought leaders in the marketplace. And I think this is almost like an alley-oop slam dunk for you because you are creative. You are under the guidance and you are true to the faith. And you can see that in every post that you make. Um, we were just talking offline a little bit. You were preparing actually an article for your LinkedIn uh, to share with everyone else according to your faith. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, you becoming a creative thought leader in the marketplace? Because of how divided things are, speaking in not only the financial industry, but also the church as well, there's divisiveness all over the place. We need people that are willing to make both sides angry and just be like, I can understand where you're coming from. Easy to be like my way or the highway. It's much more difficult to say, okay, there's definitely something good here. What is that and how can we come to understandings? Like the fee model debate that I'm sure 
everyone has seen and a lot of us find it's old but we keep on rehashing the arguments for or against certain fee models when we really should be like okay what do these fee models offer our clients and what how does that allow us to effectively serve our brothers and sisters as opposed to your your fee model is terrible you're the worst you're a terrible right. human being when really we should say okay how are you serving your clients in this way what are the benefits that they're receiving what are some opportunities to maybe look at it as critically and see where can we do better right the funny thing is or the ironic thing is is that they're using price to determine morality for some reason when morality is not determined by how much you charge it's determined by how much value you're giving versus how much you're charging for that value so if you're charging you know a million dollars to give somebody a handshake that may be a little too expensive <laughs> the value of that handshake may not be worth that million dollars and in my case if you are going to have that morality conversation around your fee structure then the accountability does not fall on your fee structure it falls on the individual meaning that you can work in any fee structure that you wish as long as the person that you are transacting with receives value meaning that a personal trainer from michael jordan is going to charge more per hour than somebody who is a personal trainer for an AAU team. They are both training basketball skills. They're both training how to shoot a basketball, but it's different levels and there's different values. There's different level of experiences. So we wanna make sure that we're not just trying to undercut ourselves and see who's the cheapest. And that's what I feel like this conversation is going is like, where can we diminish our value as financial planners trying to get some type of higher ranking of morality? And that's not fair to anybody is because we all have families. We all have things that we want to get accomplished. Kingdom Advisors put out something recently. They said investing is a tool, not a means to an end. And I love that. We don't serve strictly to make money. What we're doing, we're doing, we're trying to serve humanity to help them get to their next level and what they want to accomplish, whether it's a happy family or building a legacy or giving back to the church. That is a totally different type of conversation than if you're AUM versus flat fee versus advice only. So I 100% get what you're saying about the conversation. I just wish people would focus on building God's kingdom, focusing on the value and doing the right thing, which each person that's in front of you, which means sometimes saying we won't be a good fit. The AUM model does not work with me and you. The flat rate fee does not work with me and you. The advice only does not work with me and you. But there is somebody who will. And I think that's what we need to be mature about. So let's let's move forward to the Drexel Day Financial. Let's break this down because you have a wonderful story. I love it. Uh, I've heard it probably about two or three times. So um, if I start, you know, getting too excited, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you were recently featured on Financial Advisors Marketing Podcast with James Pollard, and you broke down the top five reasons you should niche down your target market. So can you tell us a little bit more about Drexel Day and how that is a firm representation of how you've actually niched down your firm? I'm going to start it with my journey in the financial industry and then get down to it because really, I'm sure you'd be shocked to hear, but everything is connected. There's no coincidences in life and everything like that. So 
I started at, I like to joke, a small firm called Vanguard, um, 3.6 trillion in <laughs> AUM to, I was around 7 trillion with a T by the time that I left. But while I was there, I was doing good work. I would even say great work. But at the same time, I was feeling unfulfilled, meaning that I was doing things that made me feel uncomfortable. And I realized, okay, there's a holy discontentment here. So I need to discern what my next steps are. And so that involves prayer. And so I was praying about it. And finally, uh, the day came where I got offered a role at a um, fee-only RIA. And I was, I was happy. I was like, okay, finally a chance to be a financial advisor, which was eluding me for quite some time. And so while I was there, I was really learning, cutting my teeth, talking to a bunch of different people. And then in October, or sorry, September-ish, I was just finished the autobiography of Servant of God Dorothy Day, who was a, she was quite radical for her um, time, but she loved Christ and the church. And so that molded everything. And that's when the name Drexel Day Financial came into my head. So this is like September of last year. And then October, I'm realizing that, okay, I'm feeling called to take a step out of my comfort zone. As um, Pope St. John Paul II said, do not be afraid, go out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. I'm like, that's great. That's probably, you mean down the road, not, not like tomorrow so <laughs> not right now not right so now so i asked yeah. uh, a friend hey can you just pray for me 26 days later i get fired so i was like mm. god sometimes answers prayers with um quiet other times it's a megaphone this is one of those times when right, he right. said <laughs> no we need to use the megaphone or if in jonah's case a giant whale kind of the same same thing yes. here so I started preparing, and in January, I started the process of formally putting my firm together, starting out in the advice-only model, and then realized that, okay, I need to make some tweaks here, which that's the beauty of things sure. where, hey, God calls, but it's not all at once. You're not going to be one day a sinner and then the next day a, a saint. Progress, not perfection. So going on with this this progression model. Right. And I kind of want to take a uh, step back and kind of go over some things because you said some really great, profound things there. So you're at Vanguard. Their AUM is seven trillion dollars by the time that you left. So this is a big firm. So you have the experience of dealing with ultra high net worth individuals and the processes of a great firm. And you're realizing, OK, where do I fit in this equation? Where does Tyler fit? And you take the leap of faith. And I say the leap of faith or maybe the push of faith as God <laughs> pushes you toward the direction you were already pointing in. You know, the, 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 I want our listeners to understand this. It's not that Tyler one day was just underperforming and they just quit. Tyler is actually doing well, but he's his heart is somewhere else. His heart is in another direction that is leading him to his um, Catholic roots of helping people he was feeling uncomfortable in the situation and god did not abandon him what god did was separate him from what was causing him his turmoil and like i said it's a great company i, I have the book here um, by john bogle 
um, which is the, the little book of common sense investing, which is sitting on my desk right here. So the philosophies, we're not, you know, this has nothing to do with his prior company. It really has everything to do with Tyler and his direction in life and what he wants to get accomplished. And I, and I love the fact that on that, on that episode we were talking about with James Pollard, um, he does financial advisors, marketing podcast, I believe. And we talked about the top five reasons once again. Now he's diving into Catholicism and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm thinking you're diving in there because this is where you feel at peace, where you could do the work of your faith and of your vocation. And we kind of talk about that, that duality of vocation and faith and combining those two. Our job, there's no separation between our job and our faith. They're one. And for me, I try to help individuals bring God through their vocation as well. So can you tell us your ideal client? So what would you consider your ideal client for Drexel Day Financial? Yeah, so my ideal client is somebody that is really wanting to more than doing good financially, but also morally as well. If you want to be a client is people that are, hey, I want to go into the deep of my finance. I don't want to just be working with a generic financial advisor who can give me great financial advice, but from a secular or CFP curriculum. Whereas for me, my Catholic faith is the lens through which I see, see the fi finances as opposed to a journalist who sees the dollar signs. So there's a lot of things that are, there's the mathematical answer, there's the moral answer, how can we combine the two? Those are the problems that I solve. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, one thing you brought up before, and I think it'd be appropriate to bring it up here, is that you said that you quoted the Pope before, but I'm having you quote the Pope one more time. And he gave some interesting advice about retirement. And he said, leaving a legacy of good and not just goods. I'm saying it one more time, leaving a legacy of good and not just goods. Yeah. So this is uh, Pope Francis, who's the current Pope. Um, the for former one was Pope St. John Paul II. So just with Catholicism, we, we have popes when they die we, we replace them so or if they step down pope francis in one of his weekly audiences said leave a legacy of good and not just goods i want to help people that leave a legacy of doing the right thing as opposed to leaving like a million dollars to the church now that may be the legacy of goods that you give but at the same time as you mentioned earlier which i think is beautiful that how the audio not working on the last one as you mentioned uh saint catherine drexel has a direct impact in your area and i would say that's she had the finances but that was her leaving a legacy of good as well people can build buildings and years later they just close it down and or rename it whereas if you leave, leave a legacy of good your name's going to stick and that's what and i, I want to bring up this point too is that because of our conversation, we talked, you explained who she is, what she's all about. Then when I went to the meeting, I was able to recognize her. I am more invested now in her work and what she's doing in our local community because of you. And that becomes a legacy of good because you spreading her name, you bring it up in conversation, you naming your firm, 
has now had me more vested in the city in which I live in. And that's what we mean by legacy of good, because sometimes if I never brought that up, you would never know. But we never know what impact our conversations may have on the listeners. And I think this is why podcasting is so important. That's why it's about being able to spread the gospel at every moment, because we never know what we're going to say that's going to impact the rest of the world. Because now, where do you think some of my dollars are going to go? The restoration of the Holy Rosary by, you know, Mother Catherine Drexel. And that's just what it is. So um, I want to wrap up this discussion or this part of the discussion for that matter with some of your core values and principles by which you run your business. And let's start with the concept of authentically Catholic. And I think a lot of people who are Catholic who may be listening to this um, wants to tune into this part. But you state that all of your services are aligned with the USCCB's guidelines for investing money morally. Now, I know for us, we have options for biblically responsible investing or fund companies such as Eventide that are led by strong Christian values. And the money you invest goes to expanding God's kingdom and given to those who have those same intentions. Let's talk about living your authentic self. I can't separate Tyler, the financial advisor from Tyler, the Catholic. They're the same person. Because of that, my firm is a representation of me. I could just say, welcome to Drexel Day Financial, a financial advisory firm. But being authentically Catholic is, no, there is a Catholic approach to everything that I do. And that's just who I am. Really, I'm putting my name out there as a authentic Catholic because I don't want to be anybody else. I, I'm me, but and I want my firm to represent that. So, And I want people to feel comfortable with, hey, um, there are many other Catholics in the financial advisor in- industry, but I wanted to take my unique take and be like, listen, I'm going all in on this. I'm not trying to trick people into working with me by hiding the Catholicism. Also, I'm not trying to put myself out as Catholic just as a marketing ploy because that's that's who I am. It's one of those things where having that authenticity is important that to allow people to really understand who I am and why I do what I do. That's perfect. Can we take a step back to so your schooling? Because you went to a Catholic school, correct? No, actually. So I, uh, I'm actually a convert. I grew up in many different traditions of the Christian faith and then went actually went to a very reformed Protestant seminary named Westminster Theological Seminary, which broke off of a small seminary you might have heard of called Princeton. Um, right, right. <laughs> so, again, really this area is so they we would always joke at Westminster. Uh, we broke up from Princeton because and became the true Princetons, but they got to keep the name. <laughs> so, I got a question. So can you, for our listeners, because obviously I misunderstood as well, the difference between um, Catholic school and seminary. Can you, yeah. can you outline some of the, the distinguishing factors between those two? Yeah. So Catholic school is really just doing your um, education. So like there's public school where you the, the state provides schooling where you can learn learn the knowledge to graduate from high school whereas catholic education is um, a specific type of schooling where you not only learn the stuff you need to know for high school but also 
religion is taught as well. So it's similar to a Christian school being, and as opposed to public school. True. So, um, so yeah. And, and now, seminary is much different. So there's different ty- types of seminaries. So for me, I didn't feel called to be a pastor, but I was called felt called to learn more about the faith. So I went to um, seminary to really dig, go into the deep, if you will, into the religion and learn church history, Greek and Hebrew. That's awesome. So, so, so basically you took it a step further than just Catholic school, right? You really want to, like you said, get into the deep. So that takes us to our, our next section here, this people over products. So obviously you take the religion very seriously to the point where you want to be a scholar. You want to be well-versed in Catholicism because you took this very seriously. As you said before, this is not a marketing ploy. This is not something you do just to attract Catholics. You do it to serve Catholics and to let people know that you understand them on a level that most generalists will not understand them. So there are companies out there that sell a product, whether it's an annuity or a life insurance policy or a budget, right? They tend to specialize in one product, but tell us more about this people over product concept. When it comes to people over products, my goal is not to say you need XYZ mutual fund to reach your financial goals. I can really, what I look at is, okay, what makes the most sense for you and how can we make it work? So certain firms would be like, you need to buy this annuity to meet your financial goals. Where with me, I can look at, okay, based on everything I'm hearing, it does sound like an annuity is um, in your best interest and let's shop around and find out which annuity is best for you putting you as the center as opposed to the annuity driving the bus and i'm just using annuities as uh, an example so so this this philosophy of people over product relates directly almost once again to catholicism because when we talk about which products are appropriate we're going to choose products that are appropriate for Catholics as well, right? Because there are some investments and there are some strategies that are inappropriate for a Catholic to invest in or strategies they should take advantage of no matter how much money that they're making, correct? And let's touch back on that USCCB guidelines again. So this product placement or this understanding of what's appropriate for Catholics comes from the USCCB. Can you tell us a little bit more about the USCCB? their philosophies and how you leverage those to help Catholics. It's really the trifold investment approach. Avoid, embrace, and engage. Avoid companies that, that are doing evil, we don't want to invest in. So companies that are promoting abortion or contraception or unconventional weapons, we don't want those in our portfolio. And the USCCB is pretty strong on those type of companies saying, do not invest in them. The second is embracing good companies. So companies that promote the common good and promote human flourishing. Everything is human dignity. So the lens in which the guidelines look at is really through a lens of human dignity. If you're building unconventional weapons of warfare, 
it's to kill other people and that's not good that there's a human on the other end so the human dignity is a huge theme that goes throughout the guidelines you can avoid companies you can embrace good companies the third one is well what do you do with the gray area companies that do good but also do some have some problematic uh, investments in what they do so on those that's really where you get into like the proxy voting and using your voice by having shares to make a difference there there was a story that i read uh, from the pillar about a bishop who owned shares in walgreens again not specific investment advice consult your own financial advisor but they were making a change where pharmacists would have to prescribe and fill things that were against their conscience because he owned a lot of shares or enough shares that it made a difference he called called them up and engaged them directly about hey we we really should have a conversation about, about this and use it to make a difference in that so he he used really two different things he used his authority as a bishop but also his authority as an investor by investing in the companies it does give you more of a say than just being an the old man that yells at a cloud because you have some skin in the game right i like that perspective as well because a lot of people say well i don't want to invest because everybody's corrupt and evil it's like well you can't change it unless you're inside of it as well and that you're actually putting some of your resources and your time into that investment process as well so let's go to the kind of the meat and potatoes of i think everybody's been kind of biting at the bit you've been mentioning it throughout the conversation and i think this is the core of today's episode which is into the deep i think it's a common theme uh of what we've been speaking about and i'm just very excited to kind of dive a little bit you know ironically deeper into this subject so this is the cornerstone of both of our practices aligning our finances with the word of god so what does into the deep mean to you and why should it mean something to the listener for me what it means to go out into the deep is there may be times when you're looking at your financial life and things may not make sense but you feel like there's a call to do something on those moments um, that's where the quote from saint john paul ii comes in do not be afraid do not be satisfied with mediocrity put it out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch using your current financial resources to really build upon your financial goals and getting really clear in that there may be times where hey we may need to give up a little bit of performance because of a company that's doing evil but at the same time it's scary when that happens so when that happens it's really good to have somebody that understands it from the catholic perspective because i understand where you're coming from and why it's scary but also why it's ultimately the right thing to do. Also, Tyler, are you just going to tell me to invest exactly what Tyler's conscience says? And the answer to that is no. Different people, have their conscience is formed differently. So that's where we have really have a conversation. So not only do we go into the deep with what we do, but the why behind it. So really, it combines the faith and finances on a deep, much deeper level than just buy a specific fund company that's faith-based and forget it. 
understanding what's behind it and what do you think of that and then really having that conversation on okay so do we need to look for something else or is it good really understanding the why behind it allows us to combine our faith and finances much better you know i think on that perspective of losing capital gains or you know losing riches it all boils down to opportunity costs for me so a lot of people think okay if i invest into biblically responsible investing that I'm going to make less than if I invest into an S&P 500 index fund or something like that. And I want people to kind of turn that voice in their head down a little bit because I don't know if it's an insecurity or just the way we were raised that for some reason when you do good that you don't make as much money that only evil people make a lot of money. You know that old adage that good guys finish last. And some people in their hearts of hearts believe that. Like, why do you believe that all good guys finish last? Good people do finish first. And I like to say this, good guys last. I'm going to say that again. Instead of the old adage, good guys finish last, think good guys last. What that means is that their legacy far surpasses what's going on in the current state. So if you're a good person, you're investing, your legacy is going to last a lot longer than if you get into these get rich quick schemes. Nothing is cryptocurrency, but this is the wild, wild west when it comes to cryptocurrency and blockchains and things of that nature. Just like when people went to California, either you could be rich and get a lot of gold or you end up losing your life because there were a bunch of cowboys out there ready to rob your gold and steal and rob and kill and things of that nature because there was no regulations. In cryptocurrency world, there's no regulation as well. So you could lose a lot of your your income or, or what you've grown. I'm not saying don't invest in cryptocurrency. I'm not saying invest in cryptocurrency. But what I am saying is that just because you're in biblically responsible investing doesn't mean you're going to lose what you don't need. Right. What's the point of gaining an extra 10 percent if people are suffering? Almost like Tyler said, if humanity is suffering because of your extra 10 percent, which would you rather have an extra 10 percent in your pocket or knowing that human beings are suffering because you are investing into unconventional weaponry. Really with biblically responsible investing and morally responsible investing is the fact that in the short term, yes, there may be some slightly underperformance, but at the end of the day, we're taking a long-term perspective. Um, in fact, as Christians and Catholics, we have a far longer term looking than most other people. So. True. And a lot of us aren't looking for, I know a lot of my listeners aren't looking for to become overnight successes or overnight millionaires or, you know, trillionaires or billionaires or any of that nature. What they're trying to do is once again, use investments as a tool to build other things in God's kingdom. The extra 5% or 2%, they're not worried about that because they know their investments are doing the right thing. They're taking that money and doing even greater things. Because we kind of feel with more money in your pocket, you become better stewards of the assets that God has given to us. So I love that concept and I love the idea of into the deep because it gets away from that shallow generalist financial planner who's just a fiduciary who went to school and got an education. Just like you said, it's like, OK, we get it. We're all educated. We're all on that same level. But where do we go deeper with you? How can we take you to that next level? And I think Tyler is there for So, Tyler, I kind of want to recap this episode a little bit, just in case some people may have tuned in a little bit later or they may have slid that 
you know, that uh, timeline a little bit further. But we talked about the benefits of being authentically yourself. We talked about how to find advisors who actually care about people over products. Um, we went into the deep a little bit. And then we also talked about niching down and making sure that your faith and your finances align. And we talked about Catholicism. We talked about the, I want to make sure that I get this correct. The guidelines, which are set by the USCCB to make sure that all Catholics have a common goal. And I kind of believe that legacy gets pushed forward when values align. So your values with Tyler values will push your legacy a lot further along than if you just walk into a bank and hope that the advisor on the other side agrees with the things that are going on in your life. So um, to my listeners out there, there's a few key takeaways. I want to give Tyler um, a chance to talk about some of his key takeaways that he wants the listener to understand before we go. One, have, have an eternal perspective instead of just the temporal perspective. As, again, that comes into the fee debates and financial advisors. My church can beat up your church. I'm, I'm a better financial advisor because I'm Catholic. It's understanding your uniqueness and finding an advisor that aligns to your uniqueness. Because again, I may not be the right financial advisor for you, but there there should be a financial advisor out there that can meet you where you, you are and look for somebody that's authentically themselves because people can be different things whenever the lights are off. So look for somebody that meets your needs. And again, that quote that I love, do not be afraid. Do not be satisfied with mediocrity. Put out to the, into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. That's awesome. And, and to all my listeners out there, I've been writing down, me and, believe it or not, me and Tyler, we've, we've had other conversations and, and things of that nature. So I love what he brings to the table. And I've written down some notes as well. So I want to share those with you as well. So one, I, I got the pastor is not the only one who is in the ministry. You can spread the gospel through your vocation and the spirit of the Lord should permeate everything that you do. Two, look for services that are unapologetically themselves. Tyler and I are proud Christians who understand that money comes second to our faith. And three, finally, keep going deeper into your faith, fellowship with believers, exchange ideas, respect one another, and be grateful for all that you have been blessed with. And the reason I say that is because me and Tyler, we're both financial advisors. This is my platform, financial advisors say the darnest things, and I'm inviting him on there because there is no competition between me and Tyler. You know, when when the kingdom of God grows, everybody's slice gets bigger. You know, when we can get more recognition and we can bring more attention to the kingdom of God, then I think everybody wins in the long run. So before I go, I want to give our guests a chance to let the audience know where they can find him. Obviously, you're going to be able to find him for the next about week or two on my profile. So if you go to my profile, you, you type in Tyler, some of his clips from this podcast and some of his articles and things of that nature will be posted there. So you can always go to our website, www.abrwealthmanagement.com. He will also have a blog post available. So if you want to listen to this episode or if you want to learn more about him or what's going on, some of the things that he may be offering on his side, please visit us. But Tyler... The floor is all yours. Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So really my two homes on the internet are LinkedIn at Tyler Hackenberg, uh, CFP and EA. Um, also, you can find me at my website, www.drexeldayfinancial.com. Learn more about me. It has some nice uh, pictures of St. Catherine Drexel and Dorothy Day. 
love to chat. So, well, sounds good. Well, my Titan Titans and my gifting gals, that is it from financial advisors say the darndest things. And if you're not subscribed to the show, I want you to go to our website and receive our Christian resources for biblical principles every Christian should know about investing and creating generational wealth. Just go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast, enter your name and email and start fellowshipping with thousands of listeners and tithing Christians just like you. Stay informed of upcoming guests, download free Christian resources, and be notified of special access codes for bonus material. Well, I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah One Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah One Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.